What a beautiful group of people you are. <laughs> You're very welcome. You're supposed to say same to you. Um, we're in a we're in a series uh, in the Gospel of Mark, uh, and uh, started on January the second. We're going to go all the way through Easter, and the focus of the series is really everyday life in the Kingdom of God. Everyday life in the Kingdom of God. So I'm just going to keep reminding you of of how we're understanding and defining the Kingdom of God. The Kingdom of God is the rule and the reign of God. So the Kingdom of God is the power and the authority of God released into and through people in the world. That's how we understand the kingdom of God. And uh, we've uh, talked in the last couple of weeks how um, when Jesus first came, his arrival upon the earth, that was the inauguration of the kingdom of God. The kingdom came to earth in the form of Jesus, the Son of God. And when Jesus comes back the second time, the, the kingdom will come completely. So we talk about, I think i got a slide, how we, we talk about living between the times. We live between the times. The ages of the kingdom of God here, in, uh, partially coming in Christ, and the kingdom of God coming completely when he comes back, those ages overlap. And uh, I keep reiterating this because it's so important that as Christians we understand uh, the kingdom of God and the overlapping ages because it's the context for our life. Is there anyone here this morning who has a life without struggle or difficulty? Okay, why don't you come up? You'll be speaking for the next 30 minutes. (laughs) There's one. Ask Nigel to pray for you after the service. No. No, we have. He's got to be lying. (laughs) No, we, we live in struggle. And the reason we live in struggle is because the kingdom of God has come, but not completely. We live between the ages. It's a battle out there. Heck, what am I talking about? It's a battle in here, right? We live in a war. Jesus is going to win the war. It's all over and done. We know that. But the enemy is still spilling blood everywhere he goes. So we live between the times. That's what makes sense of our struggle in life is this understanding of the kingdom of God. Uh, John Wimber, founder of the Vineyard uh, Movement of Churches, says this. Wherever there's a church obeying the words and doing the works of Jesus, there's an outpost to the kingdom of God. So you know what that means? You're in an outpost of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God isn't fully here. That's why my back hurts so much today. (laughs) That's why my body's doing mean things to me today. But the kingdom of God is here partially. Jesus is here. Jesus is ruling and reigning increasingly in our lives and our hearts. We're an outpost of the kingdom. I think sometimes as Christians, we have this sense that... uh, Christianity, our faith, is a defensive faith. You know, like somehow we have to guard the kingdom of God because the enemy's trying to get us. Does that make sense? Sometimes we think that if we could just keep the world out and away from us, then we could have our little holy huddle, we, everything would be fine, and we, would, we wouldn't get hurt in any way. It's not a biblical faith. It's not a biblical understanding. Jesus said we're not supposed to be of the world. That means saturated with worldly desires and impulses and and activity. But he says he put us in the world. So we've got to be in the world for the kingdom of God to come through us into the world. It's not a defensive faith. It's an offensive faith. And I mean that in both ways. (laughs) We're on the offense. Remember uh, Jesus, I think it's Matthew 12, Jesus says... um, I wonder what he says. Oh, I know. I, I got it. I got it. I know it. 
Jesus says, uh, when he's talking to Peter, he says, Peter, you, you are Peter, and on this rock, meaning on him and on the church that Peter goes on to lead, I'll build my kingdom, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Sometimes we get this idea that we've got to barricade ourselves in the kingdom so the enemy can't get us. No, God's sent us into the world with the kingdom of God within us. So everywhere you go, where you work tomorrow, where you teach tomorrow, where you lead tomorrow, the kingdom of God goes with you. You're an outpost of the kingdom. It's just important that we, that we frame our life as the recognition that we're on the winning team. <laughs> I read the end of the book. We definitely win. And God's winning in you, and he's releasing the kingdom through you. I, I have a friend uh, who lives and works in Broad Ripple, and I'm, I've never seen this happen, but I believe it. Somebody told me that occasionally when he's walking down the streets of Broad Ripple, random people he doesn't know will come up and begin to swear at him. You know why? He bears the kingdom of God. He bears the kingdom of God. The kingdom of light is within him, and sometimes the darkness gets ticked off. Now, I don't apparently have that type of authority. <laughs> but you know what? I want it. I want it. I want to be so saturated with God's value system, so saturated with God's presence, so saturated with his joy and his authority that literally the enemy trembles when he sees me coming. So one story, veering off. <laughs> um, Probably, uh, I guess it's 12, 15 years ago, Jane and I were in a, a vineyard church in Evanston, and uh, it was the ministry time after a, a message, and uh, we were praying for someone, and this person was clearly under the control of the enemy. There was clearly demonic manifestation. I mean, a lot of jerking in his body, and uh, noises were coming out of him that weren't human noises. I mean, it's just ser- seriously, the, the devil was working on this guy. And we're praying, and I, of course, don't have any idea what to do. <laughs> I'm freaked out. I just want to go eat at Wendy's or something, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm standing up just kind of praying like this. Oh, God, bless him, bless him, bless him. And I, no joke. A friend of mine who, who's just, he's big in the kingdom. I, I just mean he's, he's saturated with God's presence. He walks down the aisle, and this guy turns, and he looks at him, and no joke, he says, Oh, no, not him. He, the, the enemy within saw the victor without. And he saw Jesus within this guy. And walking down, he realized, I don't want to tangle with that guy. He's got the kingdom of God saturating him. That's our calling. That's, that's really our calling. <clears throat> so, I better read the Bible here. Uh, John, John chapter uh, 3. This is uh, where we are in, uh, in everyday life in the kingdom. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Jesus sends the disciples out and through the rest of the scripture we see sends us out as disciples of Jesus with this uh, command to preach and proclaim the gospel and to demonstrate the gospel partially by driving out demons. We have the authority to drive out demons. Demons exist. It's, it's a real deal. If you're sitting here, you're sitting here because you have a belief in God. Or you're seeking God. You think that there might be a God or you know there's a God. Well, uh, belief in God understands also a belief in a spiritual world into which demons have come. There's a demonic realm. You know, right here, we're not alone. <laughs> 
We're not. Just because you walked into a church doesn't mean that, that the demonic realm can't be here. That sounds like a weird thing, right? We're worshiping Jesus, right? But if you remember in Mark 1, Jesus is in the temple. They're worshiping God. Jesus is, he's got my gig. He's speaking. And right in the midst of that, uh, a man stands up and he says, we know who you are. What do you want with us? You're the Holy One of God. And what does Jesus say? He knew it was a demon. And he says, shut up, be quiet. So right there in a worship service, the enemy was attacking. So he's here. He's around us. We see it. We don't have to fear him. We dare not focus on him. He's a defeated enemy, but he's still going to make, uh, make a mess of things if we let him in our lives. So we've got to just understand that we live in a, a spiritual realm. A really smart guy whose name I won't butcher, just call him Frenchie, <laughs> says this, we're not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a physical experience. We're, thank you. I didn't make it up. We're physical being, We're spiritual beings having a physical experience. I mean, and if you just think about it, when these bodies run out and die, and they will, God's going to give us new bodies. But you, you know what goes with that body is our spirit. We were created by God, who is a spirit. And that God created us in his image. So therefore, we're spiritual beings. And it's to our peril that we forget it or ignore it or avoid it. Spiritual beings. I talked on January the 2nd about being filled with the Holy Spirit. The reason to be filled with the Holy Spirit is because there are other spirits <laughs> that want to mess with us. They want to deal with us. And yes, even Christians. You know, the, uh, the biblical, original biblical name for Satan, the enemy, I call him the enemy. He's, uh, the word Satan just means accuser. But his original name in the Bible is Lucifer. You know what that means? Bearer of light. This is what strikes me is so interesting. He was meant to be, as God created him, a bearer of light, a, a sort of a shining outpost of the kingdom of God to, 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 uh, to point people to worship God. But he set himself up as the one to be worshipped, and he became the king of darkness. But what are we? We're bearers of light. We're bearers of light. We get the job now. He's still out there wanting to, wanting to bring darkness all over the place. But what is darkness? Darkness is just absence of light. So there's, there's darkness. There are places in, the, in this world that are just waiting for the light to come. And you know what? You carry it. You get to do that. You bring the light of God everywhere you go. Now, when you talk about the demonic, I don't like to give the devil a lot of press. It just it drags me down to have to talk about him. But I'm, go, I'm going to focus this morning on the authority of Jesus over the enemy. C.S. Lewis, another smart guy, smarter than me, I think he says it great. There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils, that is, about demons, the demonic. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or magician with the same delight. In other words, my words, <laughs> the enemy... Satan really doesn't care if you disbelieve in him or you spend all your time thinking about him. They're both lies. He's there, but he's not our focus. Jesus is our focus. And everywhere we go and preach the gospel of Jesus, more than likely, the enemy will have a little outpost there too. We don't have to fear it. We don't have to go looking for it. Jesus never went looking for demons, you know. It, it never says, and Jesus went out looking for demons to beat up. 
What it says over and over again is Jesus went out to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And then some of the bad guys were there. And then he dealt with them with uh, truth and with authority. So the enemy is at work. And guess what? He's at work in the lives of believers. Some of you, this might mess with you. And, you know, you can come mess with me if you want afterwards. But I, I think the enemy can be at work in the life of a believer. Are you saying, Randy, that a demon can dwell in a Christian? I am. I really don't think that you can make a biblical case otherwise. In the same way that we said the kingdom of God is here, but not fully. The kingdom of God is in me, but not fully. Right? So that, that, that means that there could be parts of me. I just don't want to point at any of you. There could be parts of me that are not under the rule and the reign of Jesus. And to the extent that there's a place in my life that's not ruled by Jesus, it's ruled by the enemy. There's not just some mysterious third party. It's, it's Jesus or it's the enemy. Now, the enemy, fortunately, only has the authority that we give him. So if you open a place in your life, you give the enemy, it's like an invitation in. It's like, come on in. You want to hang out in this part of my life? I do my Jesus thing over here with 95%. But this 5% you can mess with. We, we give them authority. We don't have to, but we do. So I do think that there's a, a biblical understanding of the attack of the enemy in, on, around, even Christians. We don't need to be afraid of it. We don't need to be a, do a big demon search within. We can just pray like David prayed. Lord, uh, search my heart and know me and let me know, is there any wicked way in me? Anything in there that you want to kick out? God answers that prayer. He loves that prayer. How do we let the enemy in? Christian or non-Christian? What are access points? Uh, a number of things here. Sin, I mean just willful going against the law of God, gives an access point to the enemy. Because any place where we agree with the enemy, we give him authority. So if, 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 if I have a legitimate need, I'm thirsty. I have a legitimate need. I want water. God can meet that need with real water and with living water. If I go to some other substance to meet that need for physical or spiritual thirst, I just invite the enemy to come in, take over. So sin, bad uh, habit patterns, lies, sometimes just not believing the truth about God and about ourselves, we allow a lie to come in. We give Satan a place to come in and mess with our lives. We give him authority. It's not just our sin, but it's also the sins against us that can sometimes make access points for the demonic. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's sad to say, but in a, in a crowd this size, more than likely there are people here who had terrible abuse in their childhoods. Just awful things happened to them. Satan loves to come along with human evil and infest his demonic authority and control. So there's an extent to which sometimes... You know, we, we choose sin, we will sin, but we can't always uh, keep sin from happening against us. And sometimes the enemy can come in there. Praise God, we have the authority to tell him to go away. But sometimes we need each other to do that. Sometimes we need one another. Sometimes we can't just sort of think our way out of sin. We need people to come and help us and exhort us and see things that we don't see in our own lives. Access points. Sin by us or against us, generational sin. I mean, I don't think we get to say, uh, you know, 
gee, I'm an alcoholic because my great-grandfather, you know, we don't get to blame the great-grandfather. But if the great-grandfather opened the door to sin and we stepped in, we got to deal with it. So I've been in plenty of times praying with people where generational sin had made its way into someone's life and demonic stronghold was there. And once we saw it and they repented of it and we told it to go in the name of Jesus, they're free. They're free. There are people in this room who are free now from from sins and curses that that's been in their family for years because someone saw and they repented and they prayed and Jesus did his work. I uh, was praying with a guy uh, in another state, in another church, none of you, of course. Uh, And his name, his name was Steve. And uh, it was just at the end of a church service and I was praying for him. He came up to confess his sin. He said, I'm dealing with lust and pornography. I just, I can't stop. I just don't know what to do. I'm a Christian. I love God. I don't want to do this, but I don't know how to stop. And um, so as we were praying, I just started to ask for the Holy Spirit to come and to bring revelation and understanding. And as I'm standing there, he says, I got a strange feeling right here. I got something going on right here. It's just like moving around. I, I, I'm feeling sick. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I said, you know, you don't have to be afraid, but I think that's, that's demonic influence in your life. It's something there. Do you want to be rid of this? He said, yes. I led him in a very simple prayer of repentance. He just confessed that he had agreed with the enemy about how to get his needs met. And he repented from that sin. And he asked for forgiveness and received forgiveness. I, uh, I said... You know, demon of lust in the name of Jesus, you got to go away now. His body shuddered a little bit. No foaming at the mouth. No writhing like a snake. Though I have seen that. No, just a simple command with the authority of Jesus, go away. And it was gone. He was filled with the spirit of joy. You could see it on him. You could see the physical release on him. Now, I wish I could say, and he never, ever again sinned in his mind forever. No, it's not the reality. But the stronghold was no longer there. There was no longer that pull and that thing like, I can't stop this. He'd repented and the rule and reign of Jesus had come into his life. So then when he saw the enemy come with, hey, what about that one over there? Or how about this website? Or how about that? He said, you know what? That does sound good, but I don't want to do it. I got the power to say no. I got the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, an, it's a, the kingdom ruling and reigning in his own heart. So demons exist. I think that was my whole point there. <laughs> They're there. They don't like us. They want to mess with us. They will mess with us. But we don't have to let them do that. Demons can be driven out. Jesus said he gave his disciples authority to drive out demons. To tell them to go from people and from places to be gone. Matthew twelve twenty eight. Jesus says, if he's speaking to the Pharisees, interestingly enough, unbelievers. Unbelievers. He's speaking to the Pharisees who were attacking him. And this is what he says. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He wasn't talking to Christians there. He was talking to unbelievers. In other words, if I go out into the world and release people from demonic bondage with the authority of Jesus, then even for unbelievers, the kingdom of God comes upon them. We have that authority. Sometimes we need to deal with demonic issues in people's lives before they can be open to believe. You know, when Jesus went to the, the demoniac, the garrison demoniac, the guy was just filled with demons. and He was trying to hurt himself and screaming. 
as soon as Jesus released him with his authority from demonic control, it, the scripture says, and he longed to be with Jesus. Sometimes we've got to deal with the demonic before people can even open up their lives to Jesus. Second Corinthians, Paul tells us that it's the enemy who's blinded the eyes of unbelievers so that we can't see. But we get to bring light. We get to bring authority, love, and power to people. Even in the Lord's Prayer, you know, the prayer that many of us learned growing up, you know the part where it says, and deliver us from evil. It's the last line of the Lord's Prayer. If you, if you just look in the Greek text, the word evil there, it, really it's uh, meant to be understood as a proper noun. Not just some sort of ooh, evil floating around. What it really literally says is deliver us from the evil one. The evil one. So Jesus was saying, we don't battle against some sort of nebulous people doing bad things like stealing cookies and paper clips. We battle against a real live devil and the principalities that, that he's you know, got in place around in the world. We, we don't battle against flesh and blood. There's a real enemy. We have authority over him because Jesus has done the work putting him to shame when he was on the cross. Unfortunately, you don't really get to say as a Christian, oh, that whole demon thing, um, that's not really my stuff. I don't really deal with that. I just don't, you know, nobody's listening. I don't want to hear about that. I know people like that. I don't want to hear about it. You don't really get to do that because according to Jesus, this is normal Christianity. This is, he just did it all the time. I mean, the book of Mark, 16 chapters, you see nine incidents Jesus has with demons. Nine times in, in 16 chapters. Three years. And, and uh, you know, later uh, John says, if all of the stories of Jesus were to be written down, the books of the world couldn't contain them. I mean, we get nine of them in one book. It's, it's a, there's a lot going on. We dare not be unaware. We dare not just, put, you know, close our ears and say, oh, no, no, not me. It's like, you know, when we were, well, I guess we are, we are at war, but World War II, I think when the country understood, you know, there's a war for the freedom of the world here. There wasn't anyone in the U.S. as a citizen who could say, oh, this whole war thing, that's not, that's not really my gig. I'm not really into that. No, the entire country corporately was called upon. Not everyone was on the front lines shooting bullets. But everyone was in the corporate campaign for freedom. And it's the same way with Christians. I mean, we won't all go out and have big ministries of deliverance and all that. We, we won't. But we all have to be aware of it in our own lives and in the people that we minister to, that we love and serve, in our families. We've got to be aware. It's, it's normal Christianity to deal with the demonic. We don't have to fear it. We don't have to focus on it. But we do have to deal with it. This is a part of the gospel of the kingdom. It's just part and parcel of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's like, um, I mean, we need each other. It's what I'm saying. We've got to be in this together. It's like freeze tag. You remember freeze tag as a kid? In freeze tag, I mean, that's, it's like the spiritual world. We're in, a, we're in a freeze tag game. And we've got to be looking out for our brothers and our sisters and our co-workers. And you know what? Our enemies. And looking at them with eyes of, are they frozen in sin? Are they frozen in lies? Are they frozen in unbeliefs? Are they, are they frozen in some habitual pattern that's just keeping them from being able to become what God's called them to be? We've got to go around touching people, just touching people, just touching people with the truth, the power, and the love of the gospel. 
It's just, it, it just, it's a big freeze tag game. <laughs> and you've got a lot of frozen people around you. I mean, that's why, you know, we've got to get busy. We've got to get busy as a church. We've got to get busy. I mean, we, we can be at rest in Jesus, but when he calls us, he's always calling us to go. He says, come with me, be with me, and then go. Set people free. Okay, there are demons. We figured that out. They can be driven out. Guess what? We get to do it. We have the authority to drive out demons. We carry the kingdom of God everywhere we go. The light we bring will expose the darkness. We're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So everywhere we go, there's a little outpost of the kingdom. And, you know, I, I think to myself, <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad that I'm known by God in heaven. It's okay with me if I'm known by the enemy in hell too. I want him to be afraid of me. I want him to look at me and see Jesus and say, Oh no, not him. <laughs> Everywhere I go. We have the authority to drive them out. It was a normal part of the life of Jesus. It's a normal uh, part of our lives. Mark 16, Jesus is speaking here. It says his great commission. He's just about to leave the earth and he says, to the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Is there anyone here who believes this morning? Okay, this is what your life looks like. Jesus says, this is, this is what will happen. In my name, they'll drive out demons. That day is you. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. Don't try this at home. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. Okay, is the kingdom here fully? No. So I drank some deadly poison. It's called Turkish water in Istanbul. And it put me out for four days, but it didn't kill me. <laughs> because the kingdom's here, <laughs> but not fully. Well, all I'm saying is don't go looking for snakes or poison. All right. This is that's not the point. What Jesus said is this is what will accompany those who believe. This is what will epitomize their lives. This type of power, this type of supernatural activity this type of safety, this, time of, this type of gospel uh, proclamation, they'll place their hands on sick people and they'll get well. This is just, Jesus could have said a whole bunch of things. He just said, this is what you're going to see out there. Be ready for it. And he gave us authority to deal with even the demonic realm. <clears throat> you know, there are different ways that we deal with the demonic. In, in some cases, I've seen people just repent of sin and the demon goes away or you never even knew it was there. Other times, it can be very dramatic. Jesus dealt with demons. Sometimes it was a loud scream and other times it was just they were gone like that. Jesus healed people differently, so there are different ways to deal with the demonic. The point is, in the kingdom of God, Jesus rules and demons drool. That's the point. We don't have to worry about it. There are many different ways and God will lead us into it. John Wimber says that the major way we deal in spiritual warfare is to do the works of the kingdom. So the major way that we deal with the demonic is to do the works of the kingdom. Proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Demonstrate the gospel of Jesus with love, mercy, healing, dealing with the demonic, doing good works, loving our neighbors. The enemy hates it with a passion. That's uh, part of the way that we deal with, um, with the demonic realm. <clears throat> Lori uh, Orinder last week was talking about, at the end of her message, about uh, establishing a lifestyle of repentance. I think that one of the major ways that we deal with demonic stronghold in our lives, 
or how we help someone else deal with it is repentance. It's, it's like rats in garbage. It's like rats in garbage. Aren't you just crawling right now? The major way to get rid of rats is to get rid of the garbage. You get rid of the garbage, the rats will go away. It's the same way with the demonic many, many times. You get rid of the garbage in your life and the demons associated don't have anything else to play in. They've got nothing else to mess with. So the major way that we deal with demons, the demonic influence in our lives or in the lives of others, is repentance. It's repentance. You know? Um, and, and sometimes... Sometimes we've got to deal with the rats to get to the garbage. Sometimes the garbage is clear, we can kick it out, and the demons, the rats will go. But other times, we've got to fight off some rats to get to the garbage. That, that was the experience in my life. Uh, probably five, six years ago, I've told part of the story, and I'll just tell it briefly. I was, uh, we were at a staff retreat, and we were just praying for one another one night around a campfire. And uh, as the staff began to pray for me, I just told them, what my experience was in life at that time, which was incredible sense of unworthiness, illegitimacy. Gifted, yes. Relatively nice guy, yes. But, don't, but just didn't feel like I even had value on the earth. I literally could walk into the supermarket and feel ashamed of taking the time with the checkout clerk just so they could take my money and bag my groceries. That, that was the feeling within me. It's, it's not true. It was a lie. So I'd, I'd opened up, uh, uh, I mean, somehow in my life, a gate was open to the enemy to come in with a distinct lie that affected everything I did and every person I dealt with because I felt so unworthy. Well, man, that's a lot of garbage in my life, and it smelled bad. <laughs> I mean, you just talk to my wife. Just me walking around and that kind of self-hatred is really what it was. It's just, it's ugly. And it didn't feel good. Well, that, that night, as I started explaining that, um, I, I realized physically in my body there was a sensation of something is really grabbing a hold of me. I mean, I just felt tense through my whole body. And there was this, uh, this I, I spoke to, uh, uh, Stephen, the, the staff was here, Sean, former pastor, was there and just, just leading this time. And he said, Randy, the enemy does not want you free. What is it? And I said, this is just this feeling of illegitimacy. Just this feeling of illegitimacy. And uh, they started to pray for me. And, uh, and Sean spoke directly to that spirit of illegitimacy. And he just said, in the name of Jesus, go. I let out quite a scream. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of the fourth graders walking by. <laughs> here's, here's my point. As soon as he spoke the command, the simple command of Jesus, that spirit of illegitimacy to go away from me, that, that rat went away. And all of a sudden, I was open and able to see the garbage in my life. How I had agreed with the enemy about who I was, about the, the, the one who created me. And I'll tell you, I, I won't say that I am now supremely confident, perfect self-worth and so forth, but I don't deal with it like I used to. As soon as the command of those rats out, the garbage could flow and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit could come. And I hope my wife will tell you that smells a lot better. <laughs> joy, joy and confidence in God because I stopped agreeing with the enemy. Got rid of that garbage, got rid of those rats, told those suckers to go. <clears throat> Uh, 
This isn't a how-to session, and we probably will in the next year do a, a how-to session. How do you deal with the demonic? Just there's a lot of biblical information about that. This is an awareness session. This is for you to be aware that the enemy doesn't deserve our fear or our focus. Neither one. Only Jesus deserves our fear, that is our reverence. And only he deserves our focus. We focus on the kingdom of God. And when we're after the kingdom of God, the enemies will be there. And we'll we'll deal with them with the authority of Jesus. It's like, again, in World War II, the emphasis of World War II was not necessarily the enemy. The emphasis was the freedom of the world. And so, though there were people who had to go out and take care of the enemy, the goal was not killing. the The goal was bringing life and freedom. It's the same way with Christians. We don't have to go looking for it. As we bring life, death will show itself. And we get to speak to it and bring life. It could get messy. It it could get messy. It could be messy if you begin to be aware of the demonic realm. It It could get ugly. But one of my favorite scriptures, get the rats away. See? The authority. One of my favorite Proverbs, where there are no oxen in the stalls, the stalls are clean. Do you get the point? No cows, no crap. But there is much power in the oxen. In other words, you want the power of the oxen, you've got to deal with the stuff that the oxen let loose in the stalls, right? It's the same way in the kingdom of God. You want the power of God, there's going to be a little bit of mess. I mean, we're, 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 in, the, we're in the people business. And don't you know people bring mess with them? They, they bring their crap with them. But God's given us power and authority, even in the midst of the mess, to declare freedom and to bring cleanliness to people. Let me just close with this, because I don't want to give uh, the devil the last say. Jesus, in, uh, in, um, in Mark, it says this, that he appointed the twelve and he told them, first and foremost, he called them to be with him. So there's our focus. There's what we leave on today. The focus of intimacy with Jesus. To be with him. First he called them to be with him. Then to go and proclaim the gospel in the world. And I just want to say this morning that if there are people here that have not yet heard the call of Jesus to be with him, then today's your invitation day. Jesus is calling you. If you're here, he's calling you. And this is what he's saying. You don't have to worry about demons. You don't have to focus on them. You don't have to fear them. Jesus is inviting you into a relationship this morning. And if if you've never entered a relationship with God, this is the day. You just pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm sinful. And my actions have broken my relationship with God. But I, I, I want a relationship with God. I want to live out who I'm supposed to be. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. That you died. That you rose again. I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. Drive the rats and demons out of my life. Make me the person you want me to be. You pray a prayer of faith like that. This much faith, according to the Bible. Faith of a mustard seed. And God changes your life. The Bible says you'll be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved son, Jesus. So let me be bold. I've been pretty bold this morning, right? Let me go one step further. Is there anyone here this morning who for the first time wants that relationship with God. 
you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, to cleanse your sin, to take care of that demonic bondage, and to free you. Is there anyone here this morning? If, if it's you, I won't embarrass you, but I would ask you, just raise your hand. Just look at me and raise your hand so I can pray for you. Anybody? There's good news in the kingdom of God. We have authority over the enemy. We don't have to fear him. He doesn't win. Let's stand up. We'll get ready for communion. Father, we thank you this morning for your work here. Just ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you would release your authority, your confidence in us and through us into the world, that the kingdom has more and more outposts in the world. Lord, continue to call people to yourself here in this church, in this place, and everywhere we go. Lord, we want to first and foremost be with you and then take your kingdom everywhere we go. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've given your life to following Christ, then this uh, time of communion is the time for you to remember that. Communion service can come forward. So as you, uh, <clears throat> as you come forward, just take a, a bit of the bread representing the body of Christ broken for you. Dip it into the wine or the juice representing his blood that covers your sin and cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And uh, when you come, just recognize the kingdom of God ruling and reigning in you. So when you're ready, please come forward. There's a pretty easy way to deal with it. You ask God for revelation. Lord, reveal to me, is there a wicked way in me? Is there something you want to do here? Just ask God for revelation. When God shows it to you and he'll do it by, your, by his Holy Spirit, then you repent. Once he's revealed, you repent. You just say, God, I don't want to agree with the enemy anymore. You agree with God about what's uh, wrong in your life. You say, I don't want it. And then by the authority of Jesus, you release, you release yourself. The one you're praying for, release them from the power of the enemy. You just say in the name of Jesus, enemy, you don't have any more place here. And just ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. It really is, in many, many ways, just that simple. So if you'd like someone to pray for you this morning on those issues or anything else, we'll have a ministry team in the front. We would love to pray for you. We just close in prayer. God, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your work here, for this kingdom outpost. We just pray for more and more filling and blessing of your Holy Spirit, that we might uh, encounter your love and power and give that love and power away to the world everywhere we go. Thank you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The ministry team could come forward. If you'd like prayer, we'd, uh, we'd love to pray for you. You're welcome to come forward. Otherwise, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And have a great day.